0: Hello and welcome into the very first Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gatta. To begin, I want to wish you all a very blessed and happy Divine Mercy Sunday. This is such a special feast, and I'm so thankful to be celebrating it with you guys. If you're able to listen to it the day that this is released, I'm very thankful for that. Uh, When I was first deciding on a release date for this podcast, a few days went through my head, But in the end, nothing seemed more appropriate than Divine Mercy Sunday. Before I begin my reflection for this first episode, I wanted to share with you guys my hope and purpose for this podcast and speak to the title, Gotta Be Saints. I promise it's not just a play on words with my last name. So to begin, I think that there is a purpose in each and every one of our lives, and When we finally find what God wants from us, when we finally find that purpose, we're better able to live a good, holy, and fulfilling life. And I want to take this opportunity um, with each and every episode, with most of them uh, will not just be me speaking, I will be having guests. But I want to speak to how God made each and every one of us special. You know he truly has a plan for us. If you've been able to look at the website that we have, which is www.gotobesaints.com, g o t t a b b e saints s a i n t s dot com, there's the mission statement. And the mission for Got to Be Saints is to help men and women discover that they are fearfully and wonderfully made by a God who loves them unconditionally. With that comes the vision. My vision, I want to be a voice of truth to anyone who will listen. We're called to be saints, and God wants to help us get there. With that said, there's a strategy to that, and I think that that starts with uh, just being a voice of encouragement. So I want to speak truth, but I want to do it lovingly. I've always loved my faith. If you know me at all, you know that the person I am today at 26 years old is Uh, rather similar to the one that I was when I was 6, 12, 18, 22. I've always been surrounded by faithful Catholics, and I've always liked it. I always found it to be beautiful, and I think from a very young age, I came to understand the importance of my faith, and I noticed that when I was living it out, I was happier, And so that's always been my goal. And of course, I want to help other people um, experience that as well. And so I think there's three things that I can look back at in my life that have impacted me in a greater way um, than I probably sometimes give them credit for. But I look at three specific moments in my life where because of these encounters I could never go back to being the same person, and I'm not going to go into detail with them, but I will just briefly mention them here. I know my senior year of high school, I grew up going to daily mass with my family uh, at least a couple times a week, and that was a great blessing, but I I didn't get it. I was going to mass because our family went, and that was pretty much it. If I had a choice, I was never against it, but I don't think I was jumping up to go. And I remember my senior year of high school, I found myself at another daily mass. It was a place I'd been so many times before. And as I'm sitting there in front of our Lord, he really spoke to my heart, especially during the consecration. And without a, you know, Clouds opening up in the sky encounter, he he spoke to my heart very clearly and said, my son, this is where I need you to be each and every day, if at all possible, because this is the best thing that you can participate on any day. So my point is, he invited me into my faith in a new real way he was asking me to make the mass a part of my daily life something i had been doing with my family but you know as i was on the cusp of joining college you know it was going to be very easy for me to make a decision to make that a part of my life or to not and he very clearly asked me to to do that and i must say that i'm so thankful he did And ever since then, you know, daily mass has been something that I have done whatever I can to to, to participate in, Um, understanding that for me, that's what God wanted for me. Secondarily, I remember my freshman year of college, a buddy of mine invited me to participate in the total consecration, to consecrate myself to the Blessed Mother, or more specifically, consecrate myself to Jesus through His Blessed Mother. And I knew nothing about this. But long story short, my buddy got me to do it. And that was freshman year. And here we are eight years later. And it's been a part of my life ever since. You know, the Blessed Mother and I have a very close connection. And I love her deeply. And uh, she has taught me so many things. And reflecting on her life has given me great consolation and great uh, opportunities to see into who her son really is uh, and lastly is more more no one situation as much as it is just an invitation i was given when i was a junior in college a friend of mine basically asked me what I was going to do to grow this in the upcoming semester. And I just looked at him and I said, I think I'm going to make personal prayer a bigger priority. And for the first time, I had r- decided upon a very specific regimented prayer life where I was going to give the Lord X amount of time every day and long story short to that point i did try that the next semester in a way that i never had before and it stuck with me to the point where i can't go a day without having my time with our lord because i know i need it i need to be in front of him or you know at least in in silence and letting him speak to my heart so all of this led me to be who I am today, and those are the three things that I think I'm sure I will hit on more as this podcast continues to produce content and we have more episodes. But in short, all of these encounters led me to who I am today, and so they led to this title that I've created, Gotta Be Saints. I think if one thing could be said about what the Lord has taught me, It would be this. We are all called to be saints, and he's willing to give us the graces to make it happen. I think we look oftentimes at the lives of the saints and say, it's unattainable. I know how broken I am. I know how many times I fail you, Lord, how often I don't live for you. And yet he says, the graces will be there, brothers and sisters, accept them. And when you fall, come into my merciful heart. So that is the reason for this title. I think we're all called to be saints and our world needs us to be saints. And lastly, to that point, the saints are human and they're awesome. My favorite is St. Peter. And why? Because he's broken and yet bold. He knows who he is. He fails time and time again, but he keeps getting back up. You and I can be like that, brothers and sisters. We can be saints. So thank you so much for listening to this introduction. Now let's get into what I'm here to talk to you today about. Season one, my, my hope is to focus on identity. And so for this first episode, I just want to briefly t- share a few stories with you that are going to focus on just that, focus on this identity. Um, I want I want us to see how, I want to speak to, I should say, how God sees us. Because I think you and I, we, we need to see Jesus for who he truly is. Because when we fail to see him for who he truly is, we fail to be the people we're called to be. So uh, the first story I want to share with you all is the story of Saint Faustina. Today is Divine Mercy Sunday, as you know, and please do not take this as a biographical account because I'm not going to give you dates, um, and I might even mess up the story a little bit. So, if there's a Polish person listening to this who knows the Saint Faustina story very well, please correct me humbly and, you know, DM me and tell me that was wrong. And I can, of course, correct myself. But in short, our lady, or sorry, Faustina had Jesus appear to her. And our Lord said, Faustina, I want you to draw this image. I want you to create this image of my divine mercy of my sacred heart. And so she spoke to her spiritual director about it. And upon their conversation, they found someone who was a good enough artist to do it. And so with the help of her spiritual director, they went to this ardor and I'm going to say his name wrong, but it's Kazimorowski. So, Father Sapasco, her spiritual director, I probably said his name wrong too, and Faustina met with this artist, and they said, we need you to draw this image. And so this man was not really a Christian. He was a Freemason. And yet, for whatever reason, agreed to this, to this opportunity. And it's funny, it was a struggle for both Father for St. Faustina and for this artist, because Faustina was telling him what to draw. And time and time again, Kasmorowski put something forward and Faustina said, that's not correct. That's not what our Lord looks like. And of course this man is going a little crazy and at times threatened to quit because he just said, I can't do this um, to the point where Faustina writes in her diary. She says, once when I was visiting the artist, Eugene, who was painting the image and saw that it was not as beautiful as Jesus is, I felt very sad about it. And I hid this deep in my heart. I share that because this is you know, one of the points that I want to speak to. As I just said earlier, we need to see Jesus for who he truly is. But to be able to do that, we also have to see ourselves for who we are. To understand Jesus Christ, we have to understand how he sees us, which is with love and mercy. So Faustina is having our Lord visit her, and she's able to you know, fully know who Jesus is and, and see him. But this artist is not having these visions. So he's going off of what she's telling him, and time and time again, he's getting it wrong. Well, eventually, he does paint this masterpiece, which you and I have seen in many churches, schools, maybe in your own house, you have an image of divine mercy, this beautiful image. And it was funny, maybe not funny, but when Faustina spoke to Jesus about how the image looked... She said, Lord, who will paint you as beautiful as you are? And his response to her was, not in the beauty of the color nor of the brush lies the greatness of this image, but in my grace. I'll repeat that. Not in the beauty of the color nor of the brush lies the greatness of this image, but in my grace. What a beautiful, beautiful quote by our Lord. So, I share with you this image because it's the reality behind it. The reality that, you know, for us to see God for who he truly is, we have to be in con- we have to be connected to him. The artist did not have a relationship with our Lord, and so it was hard for him to be able to depict this image truly for for what Jesus looked like. And isn't that our case oftentimes when we are fallen away from our Lord, we we just can't. We couldn't tell you what Jesus looks like, because we can't even see him in ourselves. So the next story I want to connect to this, you know, of course I had to share the divine mercy story as as we today celebrate this great feast, but I want to, I want to connect it to Genesis. Brothers and sisters, I think one of the great tragedies that you and I face in our lives is, is this image of who, who he is, but also who we are. And I wanted to connect to Genesis. If you look at the story of Adam and Eve, and I might have shared this with some of you have heard me say this because I, I can't stop talking about it, but they're in the garden. And at first, before they've eaten from the tree, they live freely. They know who they are. And they know who he is. And then, of course, the devil, the devil, that tricky little guy, he starts feeding them lies. And they start to doubt what they've been told by our Lord to the point where they eat from the tree. And what is the great line? After all of this happens, our Lord comes to the garden. And, you know, he asks, where they are. And, you know, shamefully they respond. Firstly, shame, a feeling they've never felt before because they've never had to. And now all of a sudden there's shame for what they've done. And our Lord says, why are you hiding? And they respond, we hid because we were naked. Because we're naked, Lord, we are hiding from you. And this is the line that I think, the next line is the one that really stands out to me. Who told you you were naked? I'll repeat that. Who told you you were naked? Now, why is this line the one that I want to focus on? It's not because I have some weird love for being naked. No, it's because there's so much truth in that statement by by God the Father. You and I, brothers and sisters, have been told lies our whole lives that we're not good enough, that we're not pretty enough, that we're not deserving enough, that we're not smart enough that we're never going to be enough. But our Lord responds to you and I, and he says, who told you you were naked? Who told you you weren't enough? Who said you weren't pretty enough, smart enough? Worthy of my love. It was not I. Jesus never once said to any one of us those things because he's a God of love and of mercy, and he's a God of truth. And he's also not so focused on what we don't have. Instead, he's focused on what we do have, which is him. We have an opportunity to be in relation with him. And of course, You know how the story goes. It continues through the whole Old Testament in need of a Savior. The Israelites struggle time and time again. They continually fail to get it right. Even the people in the Old Testament that we highlight David, Moses, they're broken, they fail. And God keeps using them. He keeps blessing them. And then finally, we are given the Savior. We never deserved, but man, did we need him. We never deserved Jesus, but man, did we need him. And he comes. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, brothers and sisters. And for that, We were saved because he freely gave himself up for us. Dying on that cross, rising, and then leaving us, the Eucharist, as food for the journey. But think back to Genesis. Who told you you were naked? That wound that was given so early on is something that is not going anywhere until we are with him in heaven. So we're going to have struggles, and there's going to be time and time again where we are going to be faced with the question of who told you you were naked? Who told you you're not good enough? You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're unworthy, undeserving. And Jesus will say, I didn't say that. It was not I. I love you. I want to finish this first podcast with one last story, because I think it speaks to who God is, and maybe will speak to you more than these first two reflections that I've given that have been tied in. I want to tell you guys a story that was shared with me in a homily about nine months ago, and this story is about a Filipino boy named Aldo and I must admit that the facts might be a little blurry, uh, but the message is is very clear, so like I said, it's about this young boy named Aldo, and Aldo came from a very faithful family to the extent that you know he was an altar server at church, his family prayed together nightly. And one evening, as he was doing his prayers before bed, Jesus appeared to him. And as Jesus appeared to him, he asked Aldo, speak to the bishop for me, implore him to build a new cathedral, one that would be a beautiful house of worship for the whole city. So Aldo, being a good, faithful, holy little boy, went to His Excellency And he said, Bishop, please listen to me and hear this story. Jesus has appeared to me, and he wants you to build a cathedral. Upon hearing this, the bishop, being a good and humble man, spoke to the child, and he said, I want to make sure that this is really from him. So, I need you to go back to Jesus and ask him, What did I confess most recently? What sins did I commit and then confess in the confessional? If it's truly our Lord, we'll know when he's able to list my sins back to you. So, although a little confused by this request, But understanding the bishop to be a good and wise man, agreed and said that he would come back to the bishop as soon as he had an answer. That evening, Jesus reappeared to him, and the child asked Jesus, Jesus, I need you to answer this question because the bishop is searching for an answer to make sure that this is legitimately you, that this is coming from our Lord. And Jesus responded, what is your question, my child? And he said, Our lo- my Lord, what did the bishop confess most recently? Jesus looked intently at this child with loving eyes, and he said, my son, I do not remember. Hmm. I do not remember. My brothers and sisters, no matter what you've done, no matter what struggles you're dealing with, even right now, in the midst of all of this uncertainty, you need to know that this is how the Lord sees you. He doesn't see you as naked in the garden. And he sure as heck isn't remembering the sins you committed, and have then confessed. No, he sees you for who you truly are, as a blessed son and daughter. He will go to any length to bring you to his kingdom. He loves you so much, brothers and sisters. And he'll do anything to spend a lifetime with you. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of Gotta Be Saints. Today's episode is brought to you by V8 Energy. If you're drinking coffee, stop. Switch to V8 Energy. This episode is also brought to you by St. Faustina. Each episode, I'm going to invite our viewers, and I guess I should say listeners, to Reflect on One Saint and learn about One Saint, and I want you all to check out St. Faustina. I will be sharing some bio details on her on the Instagram page and on the website. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. God bless and have a great day.